Hey everybody, I'm Sarah. And I'm Becky. And we're the Drama Mamas. Yeah, we are. This week we take on the 1995 classic Seven. Yes. Yes. We just went ahead and skipped one through six, went straight to seven. Um, this had a writer oh, yeah. and director. <laughs> well, I was going to be like, siete, and then I was like... Is that the right one? I think so. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. 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 I'm cultured. So white. Um, <laughs> yes. Didn't you take French in high school? What's seven I in French? I did take French in high school. I don't know what seven in French is. I know one, two, Look, three. They're not supposed... Oh, wait. I might know more. Un, deux, trois. Trois. Quatre. Cinq. Oh. Mm. And then I'm done. And that might not even be right. Sorry. Rosetta Stone has failed me. Mm. Anyway. I know how to say tu mère. <laughs> that mom. is your mom. <laughs> uh, okay. On, on Drew. <laughs> I've got to get out of the French state of mind. Uh, Andrew Kevin Walker. He is the writer of Seven. He has 11 credits since 1993. Before this, he had done one episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. This is like his third credit. And then since this movie, he had uh, he wrote Sleepy Hollow. Ah. And he'd written other things, but that was the only thing of note. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's got a vibe. Okay. Uh, David Fincher is the director, and he has 93 credits since 1984. Hmm. So we've actually done a David Fincher movie before. We did. Um, he did Gone Girl, right? Did he? Did he? Yeah, he did Gone Girl. Okay. Um, so before this, he did so many music videos. He did music videos for Rick Spring. No, Rick Springfield, Lover Boy, Eddie Money, Patti Smith, The Outfield, Sting, Steve Winwood, uh, Paula Abdul, Madonna, Don Henley, Iggy Pop, Billy Idol, George Michael, Michael Jackson. The Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, A Perfect Circle, Justin Timberlake. There were more. Those so are just fucking a few. Just like a lot of great fucking. Yeah, he was just fucking killing it in the music video industry. So good. Yes. He had money. And then he did Alien 3. Oh. That was all before. Since this movie, he's done The Game, Fight Club, Zodiac. I <laughs> put Fight Club in there twice because I'm smart. Zodiac. Uh, Panic Which Room, The Social Network, The Curious Case of Benjamin watch. Button, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, House of Cards, two episodes, Gone Girl, Mindhunter. And I think he, he's done a lot of episodes of Mindhunter. Mm. Uh, this movie starred Brad Pitt. Yeah. As David Mills. Looking good. Looking good. We had like almost peak Brad Pitt. This was, I think, two Looking years before he did so Fight Club. good. Looking so good. Um... Mm. He has 80 credits since 1987. Before Brad this movie, mm -hmm, oh. he had done four episodes of Dallas, one episode of 21 Jump Street. He was in two episodes of Growing Pains. He was in Thelma and Louise, Tales from the Crypt, one episode, True Romance, Interview with a Vampire, and Legends of the Fall. Since this movie, he was in 12 Monkeys, The Devil's Own, Seven Years in Tibet, Meet Joe Black, Fight Club, Friends, one episode, Ocean's Eleven, Troy, Ocean's Twelve, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Ocean's Thirteen, Burn After Reading, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Inglorious Bastards, Killing Them Softly, World War Z, The Big Short, Deadpool 2, The Jim Jeffries Show, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. 
He's actually the weatherman on the Jim Jeffries show. Jim Jeffries talked about that on a podcast, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, you guys may have heard of him. I know he's relatively unknown. Who, Jim Jeffries? No, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Oh, right, right. You should look into his work. It's <laughs> it's nice to look at, if nothing else. Um, Morgan Freeman was the other lead. Oh, Morgan Freeman. He played William Somerset. He Morgan has 126 Freeman's credits. Dude. <laughs> Since 1964, before this movie, he was in The Electric Company, 780 episodes. Yes. That's what it said. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. I didn't know that they had made a movie of that. It was a TV movie, like, in the 70s. Oh. You read the book, right, in school? Uh, probably. I'm reading it with the kids now. It's a fabulous book. The know. whole series is good, but he played Uncle Hammer. Uh, he was in Attica, The Atlanta Child Murders, two episodes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they'd done a series on that, but that was also like in the 70s, I think. I know there's a podcast on it. That's yes, really I've listened to the podcast. I didn't know there was a TV series about it. Either. Um, he was in one episode of The Twilight Zone, Driving Miss Daisy, The Civil War, nine episodes of that. Mm-hmm. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which was my first yes. exposure to Morgan Freeman. I almost said Fairchild. <laughs> Very Morgan different actor. Fairchild. Uh, he was in Unforgiven, Shawshank Redemption, and Outbreak. Since this movie, he's done Kiss the Girls, Amistad, Deep Impact, Nurse Betty, Along Came a Spider, High Crimes, The Sum of All Fears, Dreamcatcher, Bruce Almighty, Million yes. Dollar Baby, Batman Begins, War of the Worlds, Lucky Number Eleven, Evan Almighty, Gone Baby Gone, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Oblivion, Now You See Me, The Lego Movie, Now You See Me Too, Olympus Has Fallen, and Angel Has Fallen. Yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles, baby. The creepy that was not his line in that movie (laughs) the creepy villain in this movie was kevin spacey but i didn't feel like going on a deep dive for kevin spacey you know what um here's the deep dive he got hashtag me too and we're not down with kevin spacey anymore so fuck him him. moving on (laughs) the official drama mama statement (laughs) Uh, the best Oscar film winner. Isn't that really weird? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. In 1995 was Forrest Gump. Hmm. Now, I have a shit ton of movie trivia in here. And I only Tom did like Hanks. a quarter of what was on IMDb. And as far as I'm aware, he recovered from the COVID. Yes. And he's like, shame on you for not wearing a mask. I saw that headline this week. Good. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm wearing a mask, so not... Shame on me. Right. Shame on... But shame on you all. The general non-mask-wearing public. Yes. So, as preparation for his traumatic scene in the interrogation room, Leland Orser would breathe in and out rapidly so that his body would be overly overly saturated with oxygen, giving him the ability to hyperventilate. He also did not sleep for a few days in order to achieve his character's disoriented look. That's the guy that killed... The lust murder. He was yeah. the one that had that strap on. Oh. So you know how he looked all like fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So good on him. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd seen uh, the device they'd made. Yeah. I like how the dude was like, yeah, I thought he was just a performance artist. This isn't even the weirdest shit I've ever made. <laughs> Uh, New Line executives originally balked at the film's ending, but Brad Pitt refused to make the film if the ending was changed. Yeah. Brad Pitt fell while filming the scene in which Mills chases John Doe in the rain. Pitt's arm went through a car windshield requiring surgery. The accident was worked into the script. Coincidentally, the original script called for Detective Mills to be injured during the sequence. Hmm. 
Well, he is a dedicated actor. Yes, that's method. Dedicated Eat that, Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> Uh, David Fincher told Kevin Spacey Mix that up with your soap and wash it. <laughs> oh, weren't they making soap in Fight Club? Yes. Yes, they were. David Fincher <laughs> told Kevin Spacey stretch. and Brad Pitt, this is not going to be the movie that you're remembered for, but it may be a movie that you're incredibly proud of. Mm. Brad Pitt bought his own ties for the movie. He wanted Mike, sorry, he wanted Mills to have poor fashion sense. Denzel Washington turned down the part that went to Brad Pitt, telling Entertainment Weekly that the film was too dark and evil. Washington later regretted the decision upon seeing a screening. Mm. The film's brooding, dark look was achieved through a chemical process called bleach bypass. The silver in the film stock was not removed, which deepened the dark, shadowy images on the film. That's interesting. That is interesting. Now, I didn't actually copy this, but it feeds into this fact. Um, David Fincher told, I think, one of his, maybe the director of photography, mm-hmm. somebody that this would have been relevant to, that he wanted to make a black and white film, but in color. So, like, he wanted the dramatic, oh. like, look of a black and white film. And I think he achieved yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Coincidentally, the seventh highest grossing film of 1995. David Fincher was impressed with Gwyneth Paltrow's work in Flesh and Bone. She was his first choice for the role of Brad Pitt's wife. Paltrow was initially not interested, so Fincher asked her then-boyfriend Brad Pitt to convince her to meet with him. They were dating at the time. Paltrow revealed on The Howard Stern Show in May 2018 that Brad Pitt approached Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, at the 1995 Broadway opening of Hamlet and told him, if you ever make her feel uncomfortable again, I'll kill you. At that quote, at that moment, I was just a boy from the Ozarks on the playground, and that's how we confronted things. Pitt told Amanpour. I, I looked up. Um, I looked up this incident because I knew that he had had a run in with Harvey Weinstein over Gwyneth Paltrow, and it was actually the year that this movie came out. Mm. Uh, so he had an interview with Christine Amanpour, Christiana Amanpour. Mm. The name sounds familiar, but I couldn't. They tell definitely you if talk you're, about her in the Gilmore Girls. If you were. Um, so Brad Pitt told her about standing up for Paltrow and confronting Weinstein quote I just wanted to make sure nothing was going to happen further because Paltrow was going to do two more films with Weinstein I think the interesting thing is that we Hollywood specifically but the workplace men and women's dynamics is being recalibrated recalibrated in a very good way that's long overdue and I do think that it's important to tell Paltrow first mentioned the Pitt-Weinstein story to the New York Times in 2017. Blah, 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 blah. Bra, Weinstein bra, bra, bra. had hired Paltrow to play the lead role in his Jane Austen adaptation of Emma, and he was inviting the actress to his hotel room in the Peninsula Beverly Hills Hotel for a work meeting, mm-hmm. quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. According to Paltrow, Weinstein ended up placing his hands on her and suggesting that they head to the bedroom for a massage. Paltrow told Pitt about the incident, which led Pitt to threaten Weinstein at the Hamlet premiere. It was the equivalent to throwing him against the wall energetically. Paltrow told Howard Stern about Pitt's confrontation. It was so fantastic because what he did was he leveraged his fame and power to protect me at a time when I didn't have fame or power. He's the best. That's nice. That is nice. You go, Brad Pitt. Gwyneth Paltrow is totally weird now, but... I mean, she's living her best life, so... Get it. (laughs) Yeah, she's really pretty in this movie. Sometimes. 
Luke was, commented on that when he was passing that. He didn't want to watch the movie when, this week. There was um, there was a scene where she was wearing a white button-up shirt, and she just looked kind of frumpy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, f- I felt like they worked to make her look not as good. Right. I hate movie. when they do that. I yeah. mean, it's relevant to some roles, but... I didn't feel like it was necessary to that one. Right. David Fincher thought that Morgan Freeman would turn down the role, thinking that he feel that the film was too down market, but he was the first one to eagerly join the cast. Nice. I know, right? Makeup for the sloth victim took over 14 hours. I believe it. Yeah. Um, that was fucking So disgusting. this movie came up. We had talked about, I said you need to watch it, and uh, but we were talking about something when we were playing games the other weekend. Yes. And Zach was talking about someone being really emaciated, and he said something, he referenced something else and I was like like Sloth and Seven and I've not seen that yeah and then we realized that we still hadn't watched it so so here it is here it is uh let's see Brad Pitt said that Gwyneth Jesus Christ Gwyneth Paltrow's character is the quote only sunshine we have in the film there Ooh, this is really gross. Prepare yourself. Awesome. For the gluttony scene, seven crates of cockroaches were released on the set and poured on Bob Mack. Something had to be put in Mack's ears and nose to stop the cockroaches from crawling in. It didn't stop them, however, from crawling into his underwear. Ooh, it's so gross. Brad Pitt earned $7 million for starring in this film. Moments like that, that's why when we get our studio situation figured out, maybe we think about a YouTube. Because <laughs> I, right. can, I can't vocalize what just happened with my face. Right. <laughs> it was bad, though. <laughs> in 2001, the Patriot Act gave the government the ability to monitor library records, something which at the... One point halfway through the film is stated to not be necessarily legal. Well, I'm so glad that they know how many smutty YA novels <laughs> I read. <laughs> Val Kilmer turned down the role of John Doe. Val Kilmer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails is one of the songs like featured in the movie, but it's missing on the official soundtrack album. Trent Reznor later won an Oscar for scoring David Fincher's The Social Network. Hmm. Now... In the opening credits, they are playing some sort of remix of Closer. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it because when I started watching it and they started playing the credits, I was like, this sounds a lot like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. But like there was no, the lyrics were pretty much cut out as just music. Right. And I was like, this sounds so much like Nine Inch Nails. And I looked it up and it, Trent Reznor wasn't involved in the music. And I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And then at the very end, it says, you bring me closer to God. And I was like, damn it, that you was a remix. Closer to God. Um, Brad Pitt doesn't take a shirt off in the film because Legends of the Fall had just made him a sex symbol. Still, he won MTV Movie Award for Most Desirable Man for this role. Well. That was a missed opportunity, Brad. Oh, this is interesting. Seven. You could have been a sexy cop. <laughs> right. There's no rules saying you can't be hot and a detective. Imagine where your career could be today if you just played this little sex here. Damn. That's all I'm saying. Maybe people would know who you are. <laughs> Seven ended up setting an odd record when it was recognized by a popular electronic trivia system. 
used in the U.S. as part of a question that was easily the most wrongly answered one in the system's history. The question was, what city does seven take place in? The most respondents answered New York City, with the remainder being divided between other northeastern cities, including Boston and Philadelphia. Only a few correctly answered that the location of the film is unspecified. It's in my notes. I was like, if this was supposed to be New York, they really fucked up by having it right next to a desert. Yeah. And yeah, I, in my head, I was like, this is New York. Mm -hmm. And then they showed the desert bit, and I was like, I don't know where this is. Also, they chose to have it rainy most of the time because then they didn't have to worry about unpredictable weather, and it kind of created like a a backdrop for the film, this gloomy exterior. But if that city got that much rain, they wouldn't, they couldn't be be that close to a desert. (laughs) Uh, At one point, Harrison Ford was considered for the role of Somerset. No. I know. The casting's too good. Like, no. all the alternate, like, Al Pacino like, at one Harrison point. Harrison Ford is great, but no. Imagine, like, the alternate reality where Harrison Ford, or no, sorry, where Al Pacino is Morgan Freeman's character and Denzel Washington is Brad Pitt's character and Val Kilmer is the killer. Will Denzel Washington take his shirt off? <laughs> In 1995, I bet he would. Uh, sign me up sign for this alternate reality. <laughs> uh, You're like, what? No, I didn't already watch this movie. It's completely different. 1995. Call it eight. Uh, American homegrown terrorism. Oklahoma City bombing. A truck bomb at Alfred P. Murrah. Murrah? Why am I struggling with that? Federal building killed 168 people and injured nearly 700. Hmm. People magazine sexiest man of the le- oh, <laughs> sexiest man alive, Brad Pitt. Brad motherfucking Pitt. That's right. Nobody's ever heard of him. Drew Barrymore table danced for David Letterman on his talk show, and with her back to the audience, flashed David by lifting up her shirt. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five was quite the year. That's fun. Blue M and M's did I not think exist. She was still in her like party. Yeah, yeah. you know, or she spiraled. Mm-hmm. This that was like right before Charlie's Angels, I think. Yeah, because that was what ninety nine somewhere around there. Um, she came back though. Yeah, most child stars she brought it don't around. Come back, but she did. Blue M Ms did not exist until nineteen ninety five when a poll was held to replace the tan shade of M Ms that was Ew. deemed redundant. In addition to the brown M Ms, the color choice was pink, blue, or purple. Blue one. Dolly. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I didn't know there was tan M&M's. I don't remember that's that. And I was gross. alive for that shit. Tan M&M's. Like, that's not gross. But, like, the idea of it makes me feel gross. Like, it's, like, the, just the shell without any fucking coating on it. Right. Like, here you go. We ran out of ink. <laughs> There's Nim. That's good enough. Uh, Dolly the clone, the sheep, was born on July 5th and lived for seven years. She was born in 1995. Oh. Starbucks Frappuccino was released in 1995. Fucking goddamn it. Tom Ruining Ken- my life. Or saving your life. Making me fat. <laughs> there, agreed. Me me too. Not that I agree no, that I, you're fat. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, and Jill Talley, the voice of Karen Plankton's computer wife, have been married since 1995. Oh, that's nice. Right? Windows 95. Wait, SpongeBob and Plankton's computer? Mm hmm. Are married. Mm-hmm. IRL. Mm. 
Mm. Windows 95 was the second most installed piece of software on the computer in 1995. Video game Doom was the first. Oh, nice. In 1975, Leonard Nimoy published his autobiography, I Am Not Spock. In 1995, he published his second volume, I Am Spock. (laughs) Just kidding. Hello. (laughs) Live long and prosper, bitches. It's me you're looking for. I can see it in your eyes. Jesus, that was so bad. I can see it in your smile. Is that it? I was going to say smile. I think it is. But then I was like, thighs. (laughs) (laughs) That works too. Because we all know what he's really Mm -hmm. trying to get at. The whispering eye. (laughs) It's disgusting. (laughs) I never want to hear it referred to as that ever again. Okay. So, you've never seen this before. No. And I have said on multiple occasions, what's in the box? But I just thought, like... The dick's in the box. There's a dick in the box. So, like, when I would say that, and then I would mention seven, did you think in seven there was going to be a dick in a box, or just just the song dick in a box? I hadn't put... I didn't connect in my head that they were connected. Yes. Okay. And then... But when the box showed up, and he popped out his switchblade mm-hmm. and he was like there's blood i was like oh no this is what's in the box yeah i don't know yeah i think that i'm glad that they opted not to show her head in the box yes well i don't one, think there would have been a way for it to look real no not in 95 no and when we watch this now we'd be like okay guys one thing that i think cgi ruined for a little while not forever because i think we're coming back to it was practical effects yeah often are best like not in the terminator for example which we have covered in a past episode and we were talking about you know remember when he it was like that plastic head Uh, and it looked so bad that's not that's not it but like just less is more you know like in um, yeah like when he was walking down the road butt ass naked and we could see his dick flopping around (laughs) no i just mean in general sometimes not showing something and having people reacting to it just imagining what it is yeah yeah is and like in uh in it follows i don't think we even see anyone follow at the very beginning that girl that's Uh just running we don't actually see anything chasing her we just see the panic and the way she's moving um or like um in cloverfield i think they don't show the alien for a really long time what was i gonna say Damn, I had something really, uh, really poignant. <laughs> and I think funny, <laughs> but I lost it. That's the line that you write often between poignant and funny. <laughs> Everything I say is both poignant and funny. Yes, oftentimes it's, ah, <laughs> Um, okay, so... Rather than do a play-by-play. Right. So, how familiar are you with the seven deadly sins? Like, could you have listed them? Uh, or could you I, list them now? I I think I can list them Let's now. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. There's 
gluttony, sloth, lust, wrath, greed, envy. What's the one I didn't say? Pride. Pride. Yep. I usually can name six and then I drive myself crazy trying to think of the one that I left out. Yeah. I was like, fuck, which one? I don't even know what I've said at this point. (laughs) I think that this is a really interesting concept. Pride is probably the sin that I struggle with the most. Pride. uh, Oh, of the seven deadly sins. Let's see. I think probably envy. I struggle with envy. I struggle with envy. I have gotten better as I've gotten older, but I struggle with wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say probably pride and envy are the two. Envy probably the most, and then pride maybe after that. But even pride, I feel like I've come a long way on that, where I'm just like, mm, I should. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's... There's probably enough self-deprecation in me mm-hmm. to cancel out the bouts of, like, vanity. Right. But there are a lot of bouts of vanity Honestly, sometimes. pride is probably of the murder murders, because, like, the last two sins oh are, Oh, my like, God. That was terrible. That was terrible, but we probably spend the least amount of time on it. Yeah. Or to sit with it, you know? Yeah. But that was one of the more... Um, it was just terrible because yeah. that she could have lived. Yeah, that was literally he glued her choices to her hands. Yeah, call for help and be say alive but disfigured, mm-hmm. or kill yourself. Yeah, that's super fucked up. And he cut off her nose to spite her face. Like literally, he cut off her nose to spite her face. It's uh. Lust, I feel like, is particularly bad. They didn't really show They didn't really that. show that, but yeah, they I'm showed grateful. enough. This movie is actually really good about less is more. Yeah. Um, All I remembered, it's like when somebody starts to say something, like uh, maybe your husband starts to tell a joke, and then he realizes that you're there, and he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell that right now. Luke has never done that. Zach will be in party chat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, now you have to say it. Yeah. Because whatever I think you're going to say... Is worse. Is far worse than what you're actually going to say. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get pissed off at you. <laughs> thinking about what... It, what and that's the... Less is more. I'm going to think oh. whatever you're trying to show me or not show me is yeah. really fucking bad. Luke has never done that. In fact, he had a friend one time that made the comment that I made him less funny. And I'm like, if you really think that, then you don't know Luke because he doesn't pull back for anyone. In fact, if he smells blood in the water about something you're sensitive about, he goes in harder about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just the kind of person he is. It's not my favorite part of him, but it is part of him. And if it's you think that I make him less part. funny, then you don't understand him as a person. It's a funny part. <laughs> it can Usually. be. But I don't I don't think Luke has ever found something that I'm sensitive about that he's come for me about. Mm-hmm. You're not precious about a lot. <clears throat> no, not there are very few. And 
then it really depends. And even then, I think you're more sensitive to people who you like really respect their opinion and yeah. crave their approval. And Luke's not really necessarily someone you crave approval from. No. I've already got it. It's fine. Right. It's all good. Uh, okay, so... He's not trying to chase me off away from you. He encourages us <laughs> hanging out by buying more podcasts. That's together. right. So we're fine. Um, oh, shit. So Morgan Freeman's character is who we start with. Yeah. And his character is very methodical. Mm-hmm. He... It's almost like he's in the detective game to solve puzzles like it's not about it's not that he doesn't want to help people but that's not what it's about for yeah him. he's he doesn't yeah he's like why yeah he he's wants, always seeking he's understanding like, what's the motive that's the kind of character i can get behind because i yeah. feel like in a way that's the kind of person that i am i yeah. want to understand the why behind it mm-hmm. more than i want to react to what's happening right um so I really like his character, <clears throat> whereas David Mills, Brad Pitt's character, is, it never really, they kind of dip into, when they first meet, Morgan Freeman asked him, he was like, why did you try to get this assignment? Yeah. Like, why did you work so hard for it? for it? And they never actually tell us why. I don't no. know if that was cut for time. Or- I don't know. You know what they could have cut for time? Half of that fucking chase scene. Yeah, it was really long. It was really fucking long. And it it was action-packed. There were a lot of things that happened. Mm -hmm. But you could have cut half of that out. But I guess maybe... Kevin Spacey is hardly in this movie at all. Good. Mm -hmm. Less is more. And also, young Kevin Spacey, all shaved and bald. Mm Mm-hmm creepy very well i mean he was going for that vibe but yeah very creepy he i look he did some bad things but i'm only gonna be talking about his acting and i don't want my approval of his acting to be misconstrued as my approval of his as a person splitting art from artist yes um we're talking about a character in a movie and kevin spacey can fuck off in a hole somewhere we don't care he is really good about having this condescension. Yes. This like very light smirk constantly mm. on his face that he, just makes you want to punch it. He has he he is in control. Mhm. You think that you're in control. You think that you're in control. The moment they found Sloth and Dude was still alive mm-hmm. and they realized that he'd been fucking handling him for a year preparing yeah. for this, you should have known this mug is not, is he's got a fucking, it's, he's running the long game. Oh, for sure. And he's got fucking every bit of it planned. Yeah, like he was the photographer, the journalist that David uh-huh. or that Mills yelled he was at. Like, I've got you on photograph, buddy. He calls in a murder. He calls in the Pride murder. Yep. Um, he's like, I did it again. Yeah, I did it again. I'm okay, crazy. Zodiac. Uh, but yeah, he's he's really good at playing this character where. And Somerset told Mills, he's like. He's not, you can't discount crazy. Like, you can't right. just label him as crazy. No. He's more than that. 
Like, I'm not saying he's more in a good way, but he's not just crazy. Nancy Grace uh, says a lot. Somebody will be like, oh, he's crazy because she'll have like a psychologist. Is this going to be a crazy as a fox? Yes. Yep. And she'll be like, yeah, he might be crazy, crazy like a fox. Yeah. And that's this guy. Yeah. I'm like, he's nuts for sure. Yes. But he's also wicked smart. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad combination. He uh, he's strategically insta- insane. Mm-hmm. Like he is anticipating your moves. They did catch him off guard finding his apartment. Yes, for sure. Like mm-hmm. he was probably shitting a brick at that point. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know it didn't really get. Them I like anywhere. that he just started shooting at him though. He was like, "I'm not gonna." I'm not going to nope. just turn around and walk away. No, they needed well, that. He had been they spotted. They needed that chase scene. Mm. That five-minute fucking chase scene. Yeah. That's fine. What's interesting is that David Mills was new. Yes. Okay. Yes, he had, they had just moved there. Yes, they just moved there. So he had no way of knowing what cop was going to get his case. No. But he'd been planning it for a year. Yes. Okay. I think maybe it was just like serendipity. Ah, you think he had two other potentially Potentially. Because he talks about, you know, I bet... That makes sense because I bet he had two other murders planned, and then he saw this opportunity that he would become envy, yes. and he would make him become wrath. And then he's just like, "That's even better. This is gonna be studied for years." He yes. says that, and when he calls him, he's like, "Well, I've had to uh, move up some of my plans mm-hmm. because of th- what's this incident today." He also implied that he was a rapist. He said that he tried to play house with Tracy. Oh, yeah. And she didn't like it. It didn't go well. So he had to take a souvenir. Uh, uh, yeah. Poor Tracy. And then uh, he, she begged for her life and her unborn child. Oh, you didn't Yeah, if know. we had a question of whether David would have been down for a baby, which I... When she said that she was pregnant, I was like, if somebody doesn't want a kid, I don't think it's him. Yeah. He just seems the type. Um, yeah, I think her cons- I think it was just that she hated being wherever this unspecified location is. Right. She feels really isolated. Yeah, she doesn't she have anything. She said something about, like, I thought we were getting away from the sound of... Tractor pulls. Tractor pulls. So I think that they were like in a podunk town mm-hmm. and he was a detective, but he wasn't fulfilled. Right. And so he transferred. And maybe that's why Somerset's like, he's like. He just wanted to be in the city. Like, I think that maybe. Mills is like, I've been doing homicide for five years and mm-hmm. Somerset's not, like, not here though. Yeah. Which would make sense if you're coming from some podunk little two cop town. Yep. It would make sense why he would fight for that because he just needed to be in a metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, let's go over the murders. Gluttony. That was gross. 
That was gross. He made a guy eat himself to death. Yeah. And what really killed him was he hit his side and his stomach burst, right? Yeah. So he held a gun on him. Mm-hmm. And forced him to and eat. Forced him to eat. And the guy ate until he passed out. Mm-hmm. And when the guy passed out, John Doe kicked him. And it made his guts ex- explode. Ugh, it's terrible. Um, that... Yeah, that's fucking gross that house was fucking gross that house was gross i do think though that they were trying to characterize gluttony in many forms yeah because he was kind of a hoarder as well yeah uh like he just was getting more and more stuff more yeah. and more stuff it was like he was a glutton for food yes but also for just like things yeah um which i think was interesting that was gross and it didn't sound like he was in a bad neighborhood because like you could hear kids laughing outside yes it it, but it's like it's that one nice house in the neighborhood that when you walk inside you're like oh no yeah it's like you walk through a portal when you go inside not this does not match everything around (laughs) so that was gluttony and it was it was pretty fucking gross and they don't see the gluttony written out no not no so if they had this would have been much faster yes it is interesting that sloth was technically the first crime yes there were a lot of like needles was that the antibiotics they talked about or was that like heroin or something i thought it was like heroin i they did said too. It was there was a whole smorgasbord of, of drugs, drugs in the system okay including an antibiotic for the bed sores oh. and he fucking chewed his tongue off do you think that, like, kind of in his own way, he was being a sloth? Like, he was very, just like, like he would, um, I guess there's two sides to this argument. My, he dragged it out and made it very slow. Yes. Well, yeah. Made it a slow problem. But then the other side is, he put a lot of thought into keeping that guy alive, but yeah. barely. So. Yeah, that was, when they showed the picture of day one, cool. that guy was normal. Yeah. He was a normal dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was super fucked up. I like that he had two names. By the way, John C. McGinley, he plays Dr. Cox in Scrubs. Oh. And he's in this movie. I saw him in the credits. I was like, I don't remember him being this. I think I saw a flash of his face. He's the leader of the SWAT team. And he's also in the helicopter at the end. Yeah, okay. But he's like barely in it at all. But he, the guy, Sloth sneezes in his face. Gross. (laughs) And he shoots himself. Yeah. He's alive! Oh my God, it was so funny. I was like, that guy is dead. Yeah. That guy's so dead. Yeah. I was like, that's not even a man. That is a that is a doll that they have made. Well, and there's no like there's no recovering from that. Oh, that was a guy. And I think he weighed ninety pounds. Oh I didn't God. write that one down, but I'm pretty sure he weighed ninety five pounds when David Fincher hired him. And he was he made the joke you need to lose weight and he did. He lost five pounds before they started filming. Wow. But yeah. Um so Okay, we jumped ahead. Greed was the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. And he made him exact a pound of flesh. He made him cut out a pound of flesh. Oh. That was how he... He made him cut it out of himself. And that's why they had the... And he cut it from his love handles. And that was what was on the scales. 
Um, I had thought the pound of flesh had also come from the fat guy. Mm -mm. No, that was from Greed. Gotcha. Uh, Because it was like the scales. He was a lawyer. It was Mm -hmm. very poetic or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then Sloth was next. Yes. And, and then, then he wasn't really dead, but I assume he's dead now because the doctor was like, "You, he chewed his tongue off long if ago." He even, said, "Who's like, if you even shine a flashlight in his eyes, he's gonna die from shock." So I assume he's done. Yeah, there's really no recovering from no, that. He said his brains were mush. Done. So then there was lust. Yeah, that one took a while for them to find. Yeah, the, when they found his apartment, because the chase takes place between greed. And lust. Yes. Um, they find this apartment salt. and they see a picture of a blonde and they're like, okay. And there's also a receipt from that store. From, yeah. The BDSM Wild Bill's store. leather. Mm-hmm. So Which they. Which is, ha ha, guys, I see what you did there. She, she was a prostitute. And uh-huh. he was, I assume, a married man because I'm pretty sure that's the, like, like yeah. a businessman who yeah, goes. Yeah, sure. And he made I don't him approve, just to be clear. Of prostitution or? No, prostitution is fine. I don't approve of married men. Fucking women that aren't their wives. Fucking women that aren't their wives. Yep. Unless you and your wife have come to some yep. sort of agreement. That's in which case, you. that's between you guys and it's totally fine. <laughs> so, Lust, it was a prostitute who got fucked to death with a knife-tipped knife. dildo. Fucking terrible. Can that you, is no awful. I wanted to turn this shit off at that point. Yeah. I wanted to be like, okay, we're done. We're and again, done. they didn't show her body. It was, they showed her legs splayed open. Mm-hmm. And that was all you needed. No. And the guy, the way that he was acting. Yeah, was, he was bad. He was fucked up. Yeah, he's going to need a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. And then pride, Maybe we talked a about. Lobotomy. Uh, yeah, pride we talked about. And then his big finale oh my was God. he becomes envy by killing... Oh, you know what? He didn't really lie. What do you mean? He said that there were two more victims. Yep. Oh, no, he didn't lie at all. And he also was just like... He keeps taunting David Mills... Like Brad Pitt's character, he keeps just goading him, and he's just so fucking easy to goad. Yeah, I'm like, dude, get your that's shit together. Somerset, he's like, oh yeah, that's what it looks like when you feed your emotions. Yeah, he tried. Like he tried to get him. Um, I initially thought because he was like, I have full confession. I'll take you guys to the bodies. John Doe says, the only reason I'm here is because I want to be. Yes. And he says the only reason he's there is because he spared him talking to Mills. Which is true. Which is true. It's It's true. true. Um, So, I know that these guys are the good guys. Yes. And we're on their side. Yes. But they do some shady ass shit. Oh, absolutely. To get into that apartment. Absolutely. And paid off junkie yeah and i know they're the heroes but that's they're that's fucked up guys they're still cops Sarah. (laughs) i'm just saying no matter how good they are they're still cops all this is true 
Um, Doing shady shit is kind of their MO. So, I did find it surprising that Somerset does all of this um, research Yes. Into like classic literature, Dante's yeah. Inferno, Paradise Lost, and The I Canterbury like Tales. He's the whole time that he's doing it. He's like, "You're on your own, dude. Yeah, you're fucked. I'm out of here." Writing all the stuff down for Mills to look into. Yes, and I was surprised. Now, granted, does he get the Cliff's notes? Yes, yes, he does. But I was surprised that he did it at all. Yeah, because he definitely seemed the type to just be like, "Fuck off, dude. Like, you didn't want this case. It's mine." This is my case. But he does. He gets. He does the research. Yeah, I really like them together. I did too. They were very well met. Like one didn't overpower the other, and I feel like with Morgan Freeman or Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. it would be really easy to be overshadowed. Well, I think that they complemented one another. Like one was low energy. Yeah uh high observance like yeah and the other one was really high energy with maybe probably less um attention to detail oh i think that what i was gonna say before the interruption i think it was that i thought when he came in and he was like i'll give you a full confession if these two take me mm-hmm. and I'll show you where the two other bodies are, mm-hmm. I thought he was planning on making them the two other bodies. Um, I was thinking last night when I was watching this, I was like, what if, because, you know, whenever the delivery truck is coming. Oh, my God. Um, I was like, he has help. <laughs> Twist. Um, so whenever the truck is coming, I knew what was about to happen. And I was thinking to myself, what if Mills had gone and Somerset had stayed? Oh, man. But I don't think it would have gone down any differently because he would have opened the box. Oh, yeah. And would have come back and killed him. There wouldn't have been any of that. No, this is what you want. He wants you to do. If you do yes. it, he wins because... There wouldn't have been any talking. He would have yeah. just walked up and shot him. Because I was thinking that would have given Somerset more time to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would have no, gone any differently. Changed. So we've talked about Mills. We talked about Somerset. Uh, we haven't really talked about the killer, but I don't think there's much to talk about. I don't. I think that he they left him very ambiguous. He didn't get a whole lot of time. He he didn't get a lot of time. But like, like we don't get any. They don't find anything about his childhood. Like, was no. he raised in, a, like, a church home or we something? We know that he's using the sins against the sinner as a yes. way to preach to people. But that's about as deep as it goes. I do like that uh, Somerset is just like, if you're a martyr and mm-hmm. these things are being thrust upon you by a higher power, doesn't Why it do negate you? your martyrdom because you're enjoying it? Yeah. Which I thought was a really fair point, and yes. dude never actually answers the question. No. Well, he's like, he says, well, I only get as much enjoyment from it as you would yeah, if he you turns got it to be a, in a room with me. A taunt. A windowless room with me for yeah, however long. Sorry. And he's like, no, I wouldn't. He's like, that's only because there People would be consequences. Yeah, um, so the other big character in the movie is Tracy. Yes. 
So Tracy moves into town with her husband, who got a new job. They're high school sweethearts. They're high school sweethearts, which I think is really good, because they're both really attractive people. Uh (laughs) You know, um, sometimes high school sweethearts, you're just like, oh, I I see why you're still together. Yep. That's a really shitty thing to say, but I stand by it. Dog ugly. (laughs) But they're both really hot people. Um... So, I thought that was sweet. He seems completely devoted to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get a whiff of him any roaming no. eyes at all. No, 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 which is nice. Yes, it is nice. Uh, because if anybody could have them, I think Brad Pitt has proven yeah. he's, he's that guy. Yeah. Um, so, she is just desperate for more friends, and so she invites... her husband's partner over even though he's only going to be there a week for dinner and then she just kind of latches but I do think that they kind of have a little bit of a connection like they seem to be vibing a little bit not in a sexual way but like just in a mutual understanding yeah like our souls have met in the past maybe yeah like just so she calls him and she's like hey we need to talk I was thought this was a little bit strange she calls him while her husband's in the shower and she's like I need somebody to talk to yeah but I've been the girl who felt really isolated and was desperate for someone to talk to maybe I thought it was weird because I never would have done this even though I've literally been in that situation yeah but she tells him that she's pregnant yes and he's just like well if you're gonna get rid of it don't tell him and that's your choice He's mm-hmm. like, I'll stand by it. It's fine. He's, but don't don't tell him that you're pregnant. He says that he was with someone that was pregnant, and he basically urged her to get an abortion. Yes, and because... he said he knows that it was the right decision, mm-hmm. but he still thinks about it every day. And if he could go back, he he wouldn't have. Well, that's a really big what if. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's very few like forks in the road of your life where you're just like. My life would be a completely different place if I had just made a different decision right then. Right. But that's a pretty big one. Choosing whether or not to marry someone Mm -hmm. probably isn't going to make the biggest difference in your life long term. Like, if it doesn't work out, probably okay if you, assuming there are no children. But I'm thinking like. But like a kid? If you were thinking on what ifs, there's very few moments in your life that you could pinpoint where like if i had decided to stay or if i decided to go when i stayed yeah my life would look completely differently yeah you know what i mean like if luke and i had not gotten back together my life would be completely different yeah if i had decided to not have a child you know that'd be so different so different um so different been a much more peaceful quarantine <laughs> so i think we've talked about all the highlights what did you think about this movie i it was interesting and that's hard for me mm-hmm. especially when the fucking movie is two hours and six <laughs> minutes uh-huh did zach watch it with you no okay we were not at a place where we could watch movies together. Right. Okay. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> uh, no, he didn't watch it with me, but I talked to him about it afterwards. And uh, he was like, that's okay. Because I was like, 
it's not a dick in the box. <laughs> What's in the box? It's a fucking head. <laughs> it's your wife's fucking head. It would have been super sick if he'd like cut out the unborn fetus and put it in the box. I don't think it'd be big enough. If it was big enough for you to know what it was, I'd he would have known she was pregnant. Like, Nah, because it could have been like the little tadpole looking bit before it's like fully. Yeah, if it was big enough for you to know what it was. Eh. <laughs> um, Whatever. I think that this movie looks really good. Like when I read that he wanted it to be like a black and white movie, but in color. Yeah. It totally made sense. Yeah. Because that's what it looks like. Well, it's dark. A lot mm-hmm. of the movie. Like not just, not just the, the, like there's no fucking light. Like. In the sloth, mm-hmm. there are no lights. Yes, the, there's electricity because the and TV's his apartment on. is so dark. It's so dark. Yep. Uh, it was. It kept me interested the whole time, and that's that's high comp fucking twenty five year old movie. Right, twenty five. Nineteen ninety five. Damn. Yeah, dude. That's insane. Yeah, it is 25 years old. Yeah. Brad Pitt's old, you guys. Wild. Still fine. Still fine. I'd still hit it. I mean, not as fine. Right. He's no George Clooney, y'all. I think he's aging better than George Clooney. George Clooney looking old, girl. Well, George Clooney is old. I meant that he aged like... Aren't they close to the same age? No. Let's look Brad Pitt's 56. And George Clooney's like 68. 59. <laughs> <laughs> so three years? Okay. Well. To be fair. George Clooney looks like a businessman. Brad Pitt's prime that and George Clooney's prime were two different kinds of prime. Like a mountain. <laughs> you, you know what? Not you take like, George Clooney, not I'll take like, Brad Pitt. We'll I'd rather... If we're going to take anybody, <laughs> I would like to change the choices. Okay, but we're, we're required to stay within the Ocean's Eleven cast. Okay, hold on. Matt Damon's in there. Hold on, I'm just gonna look up the Ocean's Eleven cast. Scott Conn is in there. Uh, Casey Affleck's in there. I choose Don Cheadle. I choose Jason Momoa. Mm, he was not in Ocean's He was because he's Aquaman. <laughs> so he was there. You just didn't see. Was him. there water? He was there. He was there. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, Aquaman. <laughs> I didn't even make that jump. That's hilarious. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. So, uh, no. Legit, though, out of people on this movie, if I'm getting anybody, it's going to be... That pet looked real good in that movie. I'm going to have to take Julia Roberts. <laughs> have you watched Ocean's Eleven? No. <laughs> it's really funny. Brad Pitt's character is eating in, like, almost every scene. Something. Chips, hot dog popcorn something he was eating a lot in this movie yeah i well i mean i think he just 
work out works out all the time and they're like he's like you have to have snacks on my set. caloric intake must be very high you guys i eat six thousand calories a day <laughs> and i burn holy off seven thousand holy shit <laughs> six thousand calories yes and most of them need to be protein thank you yeah so much disgusting chicken okay so Overall, we enjoyed the film. Yeah. It's dark. It's fucked up. Sure. But other than that... So are we. (laughs) I I think it's recommended. My parents... I remember my parents talking about this movie, about how, like, dark it was and how, like, fucked up it was. I mean, that wasn't the terminology, obviously. Sure. uh, And so, like, when I was out and about... This movie is dark. I'm like, and I'm completely inappropriate for Sam. I'm gonna watch Seven, <laughs> and then I did, and I was like, that was dark and fucked. <laughs> yeah, good call, Mom. <laughs> Man, are there like, uh, are there movies that like your mom banned you from watching when you were a child? Oh, all that, kinds. Like, you've still not watched. Well, I wasn't supposed to watch anything that was rated R, so like, Sin City came out really close to like. I think I was. 16 almost 17 when it came out and um i wanted to see it really bad and like it was not gonna happen but like as soon as i turned 18 actually no i'm pretty sure luke and i watched it when i was 17 um but yeah there were like a ton of movies that my mom told me that i'm not allowed to watch pet cemetery and i'm not allowed to watch the candy man Mm-hmm. And you've seen both since? Nope. Really? Uh, when I was like 17, I was like, I'm going to watch Pet Cemetery. And then go? my boyfriend at the time was like, nah. Wait, was this during your you, you really? can't eat bacon phase? Because if so, good call ex-boyfriend. It might have been. Yeah. I went with that boyfriend i went through like a whole vegetarian phase vegetarian we would go to mcdonald's and i would get like the sliced apple salad pecan thing they had going on there for a minute let me tell you something and his mom would be like you need to eat more and i was like i'll eat some french fries (laughs) (laughs) hey no animals die for them only potatoes <laughs> potatoes died for your sins so today uh luke had someone over when we were getting when i was cooking lunch and i got an air fryer for my birthday and i have been making these pizza egg rolls which oh. is an egg roll wrapper with cheese and pepperoni, pepperoni? in it yeah. yes and he asked me to make him a vegetarian option with just cheese i was like so just oh, a cheese egg roll friend this is. and he's like yeah so I made one, but then this friend has made a lot of appearances on this podcast. Mm-mm. Mentions? Don't think so. No, he also has a lot to say about my Photoshop skills. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Uh, so he, I made him one, and, but he was still hungry, and so he ate one with a pepperoni in it, and he was just like, you know, I'm just hungry, it's fine. And then as he was leaving, he's just like. Yeah, I think I'm going to avoid pepperonis because that was disgusting. And I was like, That's you're welcome. Rude. You could have held that in. I know. It was as he was leaving. I was like, was that necessary? I mean, I know that I personally didn't like slaughter the pig and make the pepperoni. But still, it was a little rude, right? Yes. Okay. I was just making sure I wasn't being like a bitch you about could, it. He could have just been like, thanks for making that for me. Yeah. 
I was real hungry. I was a very picky eater as a kid, but I did not complain about food. I picked out what I didn't like. Right. And I didn't complain. Yeah, I didn't complain either because I would have been hit. To me, it's just very rude. And maybe that's just... Maybe that's why I didn't complain because my mom had told me it was rude. And so, like, she broke me of that habit as a child. But, like, I was like, sorry? Like. Yeah, that's like when we got here and I was like, Sage, there might not be cheese pizza. You can just pick the pepperoni off <laughs> and shut up about it. And he was like, I'll just say I'm not hungry. And I was like, that's fine. Just be gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we got in here and. Well, I say that, but Rory's the same way, although she's seven and not an adult. Yeah, truly. Rory will do that where she'll request that I make something. And when I make it, she has something to say about it. Just like, it was good except for. And I'm like, dude, there's no need for that. Sage has something negative to say about fucking anything (laughs) that I make for him. Truly, Mm. I could put a pizza in the microwave for him and he's like, how long did you microwave that for? And I'll tell him, and he'll be like, it's supposed to be three minutes and 40 seconds. He's so particular. Yeah. And it's not what the fucking package says. It's like, he's like figured out what the perfect amount of time is. <laughs> and he's like, no, mom. It and I'm like, Jesus, fuck you. It's five seconds. Yeah. Serenity. Um, I thought I was talking shit about my mouth. Serenity, I let her make her own ramen this week. Oh, nice. And you would have thought that she went through the Culinary Institute the way that she, she was acting. Oh, like, bet. she, her shit did not stink that day. She was just very excited to get to make her own ramen. Did she add anything extra to it? No. No. Slacker. She also doesn't like a lot of juice. Like, I like my ramen a little soupy. Like, here's I what I do. I make it with a little extra water, right? Uh-huh. And then I boil it the way you're supposed to. And then I let out a little of the water. Not a lot. I want just the right amount. And then I put the sauce in it. And I let it boil for an extra few seconds. Yes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good. That's fine. I made some egg rolls and had ramen and egg rolls this week mm. in my air fryer. Did I mention I got one? I want an air fryer so bad. It's really good. I use it a lot more than I thought it would. And pizza rolls in it are not bad. Like, they're pretty good and they're quick. Really bad. Because I've decided that, like, dinner doesn't have to be a full-ass meal. I can make some chicken nuggets and some french fries, and that's better than just being like, here's a frozen pizza every night. Yeah, for sure. So. We had that this week. Anybody want to get me an air fryer? (laughs) Your birthday's coming up in four or five months. Five Five months, months, yep. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I think we've talked all the things that we're going to talk about, right? Was there any other, like themes that you wanted to address or uh no no i think the themes in this movie are pretty straightforward pretty yeah pretty straightforward yeah pretty uh okay so pretty on the nose (laughs) if you have opinions about this movie that you want to share with us we'd love to hear them you can like us on facebook communicate with us there you can follow us on instagram at the drama mamas podcast or you can tweet at us at drama mamas pod if you want to tweet at me directly i am at norwegia yeah you can tweet at me at Cookie Slayer with one in the cookie and a three in the slayer. And if you're thinking to yourself, Sarah, you said that really, really fast, and I didn't get any of that. That's okay. Go to thedramamamaspodcast.com, and we have all that shit right there for you. Click, click, easy, easy. Click, click, 
easy <laughs> and unless there was anything else as always remember to save the drama for these mamas